is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek in central Indiana, we've had our first, uh, what I would call, true winter weather week. We're down in the 20s. There's frost out there. I don't know how it is for you in Michigan, but but it's getting uh, bitterly cold here. Yeah, temperatures dropping. You have a couple of snow moments where it kind of turns into a blizzard for about five minutes, and you get a quick reminder that you know the any chance of a warm day is is over. I had um, like sleet, frozen, freezing rain pelting my windows the other night, and I was like, oh my god, this is. You know it's coming, but then it gets here and you're you're not prepared still. I ran a couple miles today uh, and then smashed a meal that consisted mostly of mashed potatoes and now I'm drinking whiskey. And, and so I went from the freezing cold to rinsing off to mashed potatoes to whiskey. My body is going to hate me. It's not going to forgive me and I'll understand. But that's you're, the, doing it th- you're doing it the right way on a Wednesday, though. Yeah, that, absolutely. But, you know... um. So Saturday, Saturday, Big Ten Championship game. I'm I'm out in Indianapolis all day. We get up early. My mom's in town. We go downtown. We grab some coffee. It's only Iowa fans. Only Iowa. Do you have any hypothesis here? Why is it only Iowa fans out on the streets of Indianapolis early Saturday morning on the day of the Big Ten Championship game? I mean, they've I have got mine. a longer they've got a longer drive you know they're they're excited you know it's the same reason why that environment especially at night on the road is a tough environment you know there's not not a whole lot of things to do in iowa so when you make the commitment to spend the money to go to the big 10 championship you're going to make the most out of the weekend and i think you know michigan hasn't been there you know we'll talk about that um but you know i think a, a michigan fan you know more likely especially if you're in the south like i am you know if i would have chose to go to the game or wanted to spend the money to go to the game um three and a half hours you know so i I don't have to go there super early but i would have enjoyed it but yeah you know iowa fans are they're a special fan they're a good fan and you know they're gonna make that drive they're they're ready to party up and have a good time my idea here you said there's not much to do in iowa i won't disagree though i've never been to iowa but but what do people in iowa do they farm they're farmers right and when do farmers wake up early early <laughs> early and so that's my idea i think they were out there because it's like well shoot you know, this is what we do anyway yeah you know, not feeding the cattle today it's just like getting ready for an iowa football game but man it was uh, only hawkeye fans out there we, we better uh tag some some iowa hawkeyes type things in the in this podcast we got to get some I get some fans here on this. They're going to love that. And I, t- I put this on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but I've never seen Bush Light move. It's it did when Iowa fans were in town. So, you know, Indianapolis is my city. I'm around. I know the place. I've been to all these bars where we're going on Saturday. And some of these places, I swear, don't even normally sell Bush Light. It was just there. I don't know if Iowa fans were bringing it, like putting it behind the bar, like, hey, stash this in the ice because we're going to want it later. I've never seen so much bush light move. I that think that's a city. Drink. I, you know, you were in the thick of it. I read a lot about it. You know, it felt, you know, 
great host and, and I think fans from both sides had a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's a city who knows who's coming. And, and I think those places that don't usually sell that probably, you know, went out and bought triple what they buy of anything else. Cause they knew that the Iowa Hawkeyes were coming to town and, and would put five down a piece by 11 AM. We ended up at, I won't you know drop any names, but we ended up at a fairly sleazy bar in the middle of the afternoon to catch the Michigan basketball game because we needed the TV. We're like, hey, can you put that on CBS? And and finally somebody was able to do it, but that was a little uh, touch, and, touch and go for a little bit. Indianapolis <laughs> does a fantastic job of putting on sporting events. Uh, this is an all-day affair. We're like downtown. Um, there's a strip called Georgia Street where they put uh, like a tailgate basically up. Yeah. You got beers, you got merchandise, like it's a hell of a day. And then I paid way too much money to go to that game. I don't like what was I know you didn't go, but like what was uh if the tickets had dropped to what would what would you have gone to? That was a unique situation just by myself, but I, I probably would have gone for about what they went for. Okay. Um I'll we'll talk about the semi. I made a big mistake because I was gonna buy tickets to both sites beforehand. It was gonna be, you know, decently affordable i guess i'll call it that you know not not it's still pretty outrageous of a price yeah but if i would have known what some of those tickets went for for the for the orange bowl you could have bought a lot and made a lot of money on them and i could have gone you know for a realistic price now when it shoots to 800 dollars a ticket that's a little bit tougher of a of a sell when you you know when you come as a as a two-person package, you know, you got to buy twice yeah. the tickets. That's fourteen hundred dollars for a football game. <laughs> well, <you laughs> not know, everybody um, understands fourteen hundred for a football game. I I paid a little less than that for for three tickets um, mm-hmm. to go to the Big Ten championship game, and of course, it, you know, we could have waited the doubt a little longer. I think, but like, you get so antsy, and you're like, Christ, right. like I want to go to the game, you know, and you want to, you just pull the trigger, um, and then StubHub upcharge you i don't know 75 percent you know for for right. fees it seems like but yeah ended up paying quite a bit of money to go there but so glad i did i mean we're in we were way way up there i've never been so far away from a football game before but uh you know we're around good mix of iowa and michigan fans and you know we got you should you know my stance on this you should never ever serve alcohol at college sporting events right we talked about yeah, this yeah mm-hmm well, it's Luke's Soul Stadium, you know, they're 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 selling alcohol. People are consuming the alcohol. They probably did it all day too, you know. Right. And uh, I saw way too many, way too many almost fights at the the Big Ten Championship game. I'm like, come on, guys, like, just watch the game. Like, go crazy. I'm going crazy, of course, but I'm not fueled by alcohol and like ready to fight anybody who you know steps on my toes or something. Right. That's a that's a that's a terrible mistake. But a, just an awesome awesome game to be at, to be part of history. We snuck down toward the end, uh, you know, getting into those sections you're technically not supposed to be able to go to without the the proper you know verification with your ticket, and and uh, ended up being down pretty close to to watch the last couple minutes. We saw the final touchdown. We uh we were right there for the trophy presentation, and you know players running around the field holding up shirts and and towels and whatnot just uh yeah. I, I so i haven't been able to find the whole game on tv other than highlights but uh to be there in person was just amazing it was t- totally awesome yeah and you know a contribution too to 
to just the Michigan presence that was there. You know, just even yeah. hearing the crowd on both sides, you know, not a lot of cheering for Iowa unless it was early. But, you know, that was a, a big, big thing that people said about the big house. You know, people like Matt Leinart said, you know, one of the best or the best college football environment he's ever seen. You know, he's played in tight games in Notre Dame. He's played in tight games at USC. Both of those places are beautiful venues with great fans. Um, and, you know, I think the fans showed out again. You could tell that they were making a difference, you know, just with momentum. So who knows when you travel to SEC country, but, you know, just on TV, that was more electric than I was expecting it to be. Not, you know, because you know, the way Michigan played, just because of the way the fans reacted even early uh, at a time when Michigan, you know, was, was tied with Iowa 0-0. Yeah, you know, it's hard to tell because the colors end up looking pretty similar just in a crowd. But before the game started, I thought it was pretty evenly split between Iowa and Michigan. And then you get like the let's go blue chance and stuff. And it's pretty obvious, especially after like the first touchdown, like, oh, okay, there are um, more Michigan fans here and seem to be more vocal. So basically right. home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, I think the, uh, I'll never forget going to Indy, going to Lucas Oil, watching Michigan play Kentucky in the Elite Eight, and those Kentucky fans were, you know, something I've never heard. It was just different, and it was embarrassing to almost be a Michigan fan and be that quiet as a collective <laughs> group. I mean, Kentucky definitely had more of the, the arena or the stadium, but still, like, as a group, collectively, they're good. And, and that's a huge, you know, that that's the 12th man right there, and, you know, there's a lot of stadiums that believe in that. And I think that environment against Ohio State, uh, that environment at the Big Ten Championship and hopefully in the semi final you know shows that people are very interested very excited in michigan football and this is just you know this is uncharted waters for us we're not we're not used to this stuff around here i was so far away that there were a couple times especially on on passes i did not know where the ball went i would be able to make it out like okay you know based on the defense's reaction i know the quarterback has the ball like Cade mcmare's rolling out and this is not him just uh, finishing a play fake like he's got the ball and then he you know okay there's the motion he's throwing it where the hell did the ball go and you can't tell until the defense uh like converges on one in particular player and you're like okay he's got the ball it was a really unique experience to just literally sometimes not know where the ball was and you're like right. I, I mean i'm pretty sure it's not on the ground somewhere because uh the defense would react a certain way you know if that were the case but so far away that, that this happened more than once i was just like i don't know where the ball is i don't know who has it i hope it works out though but we were straight was, on so it was easy ish to see uh like running lanes and you know somebody breaking loose downfield or, or whatever sometimes those mm-hmm. things are hard to tell from like if you're right on the 50 you know i know that's a coveted seat but it can be difficult to like uh, parse out the angles and whatnot right. so you know we're a mile high and a mile away and and could could see all that stuff so it was definitely a, a unique experience outside of just the fact that Michigan was playing in this particular game like uh, the venue creates a really unique experience for a lot of Michigan football fans who you know have spent this whole time watching games either at the big house or at a road venue or at some neutral site you know you don't get this opportunity too many times yeah, you know, one of the things that I liked visiting in the Michigan-Ohio State recap is just kind of big moments, and especially with that angle you're talking about, you know, uh, big moments happened with Michigan's two first touchdowns. I mean, 
what was the the Blake Corum, J.J. McCarthy running down the field? And could you tell that was J.J. McCarthy running down the field at full speed? Yes, I could. I remember being like, holy crap, that's J.J. McCarthy. What I, what I didn't notice was how he caught up to Blake Corum. By the time I had like, you know, I'd registered that in my brain, you know, they, they were stride for stride. And I was like, that's him all the way downfield. It wasn't until I saw the highlights where he, you know, comes on screen all of a sudden you're like, Oh, Holy crap. Like, you know, he can run, but, and may, you know, maybe Blake Corum's not a hundred percent still, but that's pretty impressive to get downfield and catch up to your, your speedy running back like that. Right. I mean, I know Iowa players maybe aren't historically always the fastest, not that they don't have really fast players on their team, but you know, Corum was still out running Iowa defenders. Corum yeah. is still fast, and and JJ looked, you know, electrically fast, which I think you know just gives that extra spark to that big play. And then, man, the Donovan Edwards toss. Uh, he had the one-handed catch against Ohio State in a relatively quiet game. The game before that, you know, everyone knows he, you know, does record things in, in the in the receiving game. I mean, that's a, a cat making plays, and I think just back-to-back touchdowns like that. A little disappointing that Iowa figured them out for a little bit, you know, figured out yeah. how to pin them deep. But, you know, you cannot take away from that start in a Big Ten championship. And it, it really felt in that moment and then again in the second half that, you know, Michigan literally might be the hottest team in the nation. Yeah, I the there were a few series in a row where Michigan's starting like at the five, basically. Right. And that's where Iowa kills you because you you make a team go through that so many times and they're gonna mess up. And Kate McNamara did throw an interception, but it wasn't one of those situations. So I know they didn't produce points there and you'd obviously you don't like to see one of those drives sustained down the field. But just the fact that you took care of the football and punted it back to an offense that wasn't doing anything like those are little wins those aren't points but they're little wins because because you didn't make the really big mistake that i was so good at forcing teams into so you know i i get like donovan edwards uh beautiful dime downfield like that's a tremendous play blake Horms run tremendous like there were a lot of good exciting plays but that series right there was so important because the game was you know still in doubt at that point like Michigan looks in control but but it can switch so fast and the fact that they just took care of the football and said here you go have it back we know you're not going to do anything with it that's pretty important yeah I mean you've got a 14-3 game and it feels closer than that because Iowa was being effective at doing what they do best but you know like you said the way Michigan responds and just the way that they've you know since Michigan State and you know I know you don't like to talk about the refs thing but now you know national <laughs> media is national media is even referencing that a lot yeah. a lot I don't know if it's to justify Michigan in the playoff I don't know what it is uh but you know they're you know they're saying that they got a little bit of help Michigan State that is but you know every game whether it's on the road at Penn State all the way back down the road at Wisconsin you know against Ohio State you know they've They've been prepared. They've been well coached. The you know the the players are executing, and you're beating Iowa. Even when Iowa is getting you to do what they want you to do and putting you in the position they want you to be in, Michigan still was the better team. And they've responded on the road. They've responded at neutral sites. They've responded in big games. You know, outside of that one loss uh, where you had a 16 point lead, you know they are truly a top four team in the country right now. And that is, you know, even we talk a lot about like, oh, we weren't expecting this at the beginning of the season. You know, we talked about that in great detail 
you know, probably even after the Penn State win. And we then still weren't even thinking about this. You know, it was a possibility. You know, we, we talked that there's a path, you know, if Michigan State loses that, that Michigan can make the college football playoff. But we've written them off against Ohio State every year since 2016. Yeah. You know, that's probably the last year, at least I guess, that they'd have a chance to win. And, you know, they've continued to, to prove fans wrong. And, you know, a team's playing well when, you know, even, you know, at this point, probably 98% of fans are we're not expecting this at all. And then I know we're going to talk about semifinal stuff later. Um, as in like close, you know, not, not in this show, but um, if, if, if Michigan like goes out there and lays an egg against Georgia, how serious is that? How much does that affect your feelings about this season? I, you know, and this could be optimism. It could be hope you, you call it what you want to call it, but it, it seems like this is going to be, um, I think that can be avoided. Um, I don't see this team having that problem. I can see this team losing a game. I mean, again, they, they choked a 16-point lead on the road against Michigan State uh, and let a star player do star things. And, you know, they by all means, they can lose this game in many ways, including being blown out uh, if Georgia, you know, rebounds after the Alabama loss. But this doesn't feel like a team that will go out and lay egg. It does feel like a team that can still lose and, and likely will one of the two games. Uh, but they're in a better position than uh, than they ever have been. They're in a new position than they've been before. And again, this team is is taking what the other team is giving them. Uh, and and even when they're not, you know, they're they're finding ways to fight through it and win football games. And so yeah, I think you know Georgia is beatable. Uh, Michigan is beatable. Uh, one of those team teams obviously gets beat uh, for the semifinals. But Michigan has you know a realistic shot at making a, a college football playoff final. Yeah, and, and I'm just, you know, it, for me, it's like if they go out and lose 38 to 0, you know, let's just say like worst case scenario, they're never right. in the game, it's over in the second quarter kind of thing. Obviously, that's going to sting that day. It's going to sting for a little bit. You're going to watch the national championship and, and just wonder what could have been. But it's not going to take long, I don't think, until we're looking back and thinking like that was – a really good football season way better than anybody expected and just gonna take it just be like okay you, you lost a playoff game like in the end that's what you did you lost a playoff game and that's gonna happen but the fact that you were in the playoff like that's a really big important step and I, I know that there are some people who think uh, you know Michigan should be in that number one slot I don't know how you feel about that uh, but you know I was certainly looking at that thinking man if you can draw Cincinnati and and avoid Georgia or Alabama in the first game in the, in the semifinal, that would be a massive, massive win. It didn't happen, obviously. I don't, do, you, do you feel like they should have been that number one team? They, they could be number one. I think maybe even deserve to be number one, just the way you would have ranked that three weeks ago and not heading into the final games of the season. But, you know, it, Alabama also could say the same thing and, and is as deserving. Uh, and I think because to avoid a rematch, even though they don't want to talk about that, you know, I, I think it was pretty clear how things were going to fall. But, yeah, you get that Cincinnati game, you feel more confident. But I, I think that's where I'm at is, you know, we weren't super confident going into Ohio State. You know, there are some people that weren't even super confident, you know, prove that you can get past a trap team like Iowa who always does their best against teams with something to play for that more than they have. And, and I think that, you know, 
no matter what the draw is. I think Michigan, the players and the coaches, I think they'd rather play Georgia. I think they'd ra- rather have yeah. another chance to come out and show that they can beat a team that was, you know, previously supposed to be unbeatable. Because then you have a, you know, in your head, you have a fighting chance against Alabama. But, you know, back to, or to the conversation. Cincinnati. Or Cincinnati. See, <laughs> I, I, just, I wrote them up. I can't be right. Cincinnati could have, just you know, th- this is the year that Michigan beats Georgia. But this is also the year that Cincinnati beats Alabama, and it's the you know group of five national championship run that we'll see one time in our lives. That's usually <laughs> what happens when Michigan. You know, Michigan's made a, a championship game and NCAA tournament, and they played a, a Louisville team that you know had lost a star player a couple of games before. Yeah. Louisville was going to win that game. You know, you kind of knew that going in just because of how things <laughs> shook up. They had a guy go off that you've never heard of, though. So did Michigan and Spike Albrecht. Yeah, but. No, I think, you know, if they lay an egg, it's unfortunate. Uh, I think, you know, Paul Feinbaum, guys like that who have given Jim Harbaugh credit recently might get back on his case. You know, I think, you know, it's going to be kind of a, well, what did you expect? Um, But it's more of a a Big Ten SEC thing at at that point, you know, because what Michigan had to do to be to that, uh, get to that game, get to that Big Ten championship is beat Ohio State, and that's likely going to be the case you know, 99 out of 100 years, it seems like, moving forward. Yeah. So if you if you look at what they've done, they've won games they weren't supposed to, they've won championships, you know, he's destroyed a lot of narratives, probably let go of a lot of demons, uh, Jim Harbaugh, that is. And, and I think that, um, again, they're probably less likely to lay egg with this team, but you're going to be disappointed no matter what. You could beat Georgia and lose to Alabama, and people are still going to cry about it. Um, and not cry, you know, out of sadness, which could happen too, but just, like, complain. Um, And, you know, I I think we still have to have reasonable expectations knowing that this is far beyond where anyone thought they would go. Yes, they have a chance, but, you know, realistically, they're 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 facing the three best teams in the country, at least in the committee's eye. Yeah. Um, Last thing I think we got to talk about here is Aiden Hutchinson going to New York. He's a Heisman finalist. Michigan State fans are up in arms. They thought Kenneth Walker III was robbed of his invite. I don't disagree with them. It's you know very difficult when you have to narrow down the finalists to only a few people, and it's you you know you feel like you have at least five out there who are almost equally deserving. So, one, uh, do you think these fans have a fair gripe? Not not specific to Kenneth Walker the third, but that you know Aiden Hutchinson. I don't know. He didn't have the best stats you know will anderson had better stats at alabama whatever okay do you think those people have a fair gripe that the aiden hutchinson doesn't deserve that invite and uh do you think he has a legitimate chance to win it i think it's fair in the sense that you know a lot of people will never be happy about a rival's defensive player making it yeah they shocking wanted, right right they wanted uh kane willikins to be in it they kind of compared his stats but you know, people, you know, likely Michigan fans in return said, well, he wasn't in the, you know, a conversation in the big games. Aiden Hutchinson has had a heck of a season. Um, you know, undoubt anyone can look around at his stats in general and see, you know, even from other teams. Michigan State players said he was good. Ohio State players said he was good. You know, those teams usually don't say nice things about each other. And this is a guy who has had an incredible season by all means and then also has gone off in a big game against Ohio State and then obviously 
bigger stakes in a Big Ten championship, had a, a pretty, you know, crucial sack in that game too and extended his record even further. And, you know, and he'll make big plays in, in the playoffs. And then that's what he came back for. You know, he's a the driving force of why this team is, is where they're at. And, and I think he's deserving to be a finalist. Uh, I don't think he has a shot to win it. Again, Alabama and a quarterback, you know, those two things are always against you, especially the quarterback position. But I think he's deserving. Uh, more deserving, I will say, than maybe even Jabril Peppers was in 2016. Uh, and I think has more of a shot than Jabril Peppers did in 2016. So I, agree. I think it's uh, I think it's great to include him. It's great to have a defensive player in there. Uh, you know, if he, if he wins, then I'm going to, you know, really be hopeful that it's Michigan's national championship season because the last time you had a defensive player at, at Michigan win a Heisman Trophy, we know what happened that season. So, yeah, it's he deserves worth, it. It's worth mentioning um, that that Aiden Hutchinson is the highest rated, or maybe graded, I don't know the word they would use, uh, defender on pro football focus. If you ever see. And I, I can't prove this, but I think a, a pro football focus random tweet with a graphic, you know, you see their stuff everywhere, yep. uh, is what got the whole Hutchinson for Heisman thing going. I think they just threw it out there, and I don't remember when it was. But then after that, it was like people are asking about it, and then uh, the beat writers are like, "Okay, I guess we got to write about this because there's some, you know, there's some steam here. You know, they're they're talking about Aiden Hutchinson." Uh, being a Heisman finalist, and it just takes off from there. And I'm, I want to go back and find that tweet and somehow prove that this is like the first real legitimate mention of him as a Heisman candidate. But we might have pro football focus to thank for getting this whole thing going. I, But I, I don't know if I can prove that. Yeah, you know, I, I think when when Michigan's winning, and, and that's what happens, you know, the, the Heisman usually includes teams that have won a lot of games and, and have something to play for. And Aiden Hutchinson is on a team that has something to play for and is also dominant. I think when you come to, when it comes to picking him, you know, again, there's a lot of SEC, there's a lot of Alabama, there's a lot of favoritism to quarterbacks. But you yeah. know, he's truly by the numbers. You you would have to you know show in the last decade he's had you know one of the better seasons uh, because then you you know people would say, well, this guy wasn't in the running, this guy wasn't in the running. But you know, I think he my guess would be voting wise, I think he's second. I don't think that Bryce Young has, you know, done enough in the sense that he's going to be a unanimous pick. Uh, so I think Aiden Hutchinson, you know, is second uh, to Bryce Young. But, hey, second as a Heisman finalist or just getting invited as a defensive player in general, like that is – that's remarkable. That's that's College Football Hall of Fame type type stuff for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think we've we've gone through everything without getting into the semifinal stuff, which, which we'll do later. But um... – I I feel like I still need to ask you your your gut feeling if Michigan has a good chance, which we'll just call, you know, do they have a, a 50-50 shot at winning a national championship? I think they do. I think they do only because of, of what Georgia, you know, showed against Alabama, which was less uh, and less impressive than, than at least Georgia fans were expecting. You know, the national media was all over this, you know, saying, you know, this doesn't feel like uh, this is the year that they're going to beat Alabama, and, and it hasn't been the year for a long time, it feels like. But, 
you know, Michigan's been prepared. I think the coaches, especially Josh Gaddis, which congratulations for, you know, being the top assistant of the year. Uh, quite the honor, especially with the way Michigan fans have felt about Josh Gaddis, specifically last year, even heading into this year. And then for him to, to go win, uh, you know, a big award uh, as the top assistant is pretty special. Uh, but I think they'll be able to prepare well enough to, to try to beat Georgia the same way Alabama beat them. You know, they don't have the, the downfield speed or, or the quarterback and Bryce Young, but they know how to dominate a game offensively. They've done it two weekends in a row in, in pretty critical games. So, yeah, I'd say 50-50 is about exactly where I'm at. All right, and I'll take that. I think anybody would take that 50-50 at this point. Um, only bad thing about this, we got – quite a bit of anticipation you know we got to wait till new year's eve um is does michigan do we know the time slot i think the miami uh game the orange bowl is the is the prime time game so it should be okay. another another evening to to show out but yeah like you said it's a it's always a long wait to bowl season this is a unique wait uh we haven't had this wait yeah. before and there is so much wait. more anticipation uh, and it's so much more exciting to kind of kind of see this period uh play out yeah like losing your virginity it's a good wait good wait <laughs> we'll we'll leave it at that uh and we'll catch you we'll catch you probably next week on the go blue crew <laughs> until then uh take care out there and yeah, go blue go blue